Chapter 21. Stop reading this book and get on with your life. You see, George, you really had a wonderful life. Clarence, the angel in It's a Wonderful Life. Well, there you have it. I hope this book has given you at least one idea of something you can stop in your life, some behavior that, if set aside, would evoke well-being and joy. Your health, your work, and your life could benefit from doing less. We live in a frenzied, chaotic world, and the increased speed and enhancements in technology, with all their benefits, will certainly escalate the pace and proliferate distractions that compete for our attention on a daily basis. Well-being and joy are threatened every moment of every day if we are unconscious. Take a deep breath and reflect on what you can stop in your life so that you can experience more of the emotion of joy and enjoy a sense of well-being. So how do you get motivated to change certain behaviors in your life? You could try traditional behavioral modification and deploy rewards and punishment. For many years, behaviorism was considered the best way to influence behavior by setting up a system to reward good behavior and extinguish bad behavior by ignoring it or establishing a penalty. It is difficult to make a mule move if it doesn't want to move, so you could coax it with a carrot, the incentive, or whack it with a stick, the penalty. Carrots and sticks have become an often used metaphor for incentives and penalties. Behavioral science teaches us that because we have a bias called loss aversion, meaning we place greater value on avoiding loss than experiencing gain, carrots work a little better than sticks. In my work with employer wellness programs, sometimes we use a combination of carrots and sticks to increase participation in activities like completing a health assessment. We call this combination a frozen carrot because it carries an incentive but can still be used for a little whack. The problem, however, with carrots and sticks is that they are only extrinsic motivation tools. We have learned that extrinsic rewards work okay to elicit very specific small and short-term behavior changes, such as giving a gift card to an employee as an incentive to complete a health assessment and to raise their cost if they fail to comply. That is the frozen carrot. These tools, however, do very little to influence lasting behavior change. Once you stop feeding the mule carrots or whacking him with a frozen carrot, he goes right back to the old behavior of stubbornness. As discussed, changing habits is more, much more difficult. To change habits, you need to change routines and often rewards as well. These tools may be helpful to start us traveling down the right road as we begin a journey of change, but in order to achieve lasting change, we need intrinsic motivation. In other words, if you really want to change and you want that change to last, the best way to be driven is by a strong sense of purpose. Pursuit of purpose leads to the freedom of the mind that evokes a greater sense of joy and well-being. In his book, Drive, The Surprising Truth About What Motivates Us, Daniel Pink describes intrinsic motivators of human behavior with the three powerful forces of autonomy, mastery, 
and purpose. We all want autonomy, yet many of the behaviors we need to stop are holding us back from being autonomous and masters of our chosen pursuit. If we have raw talent and the aptitude to pursue a purposeful endeavor, it will take a lot of time. Malcolm Gladwell popularized the 10,000-hour principle that suggests that natural ability requires a huge investment of time in order to manifest. Gladwell suggests that it takes 10,000 hours to become an expert in any chosen endeavor, assuming you have the talent or aptitude to be developed. In order to free up the time needed to pursue your passion, you may need to stop to do slow thinking and go to the lookout tower to objectively assess your behavior to determine what to stop. Then, tune up your behaviors using the suggestions in this book to start working on your purpose in life. The most compelling intrinsic motivator of our behavior, according to Pink, is purpose. He writes, It's our nature to seek purpose, but the nature is now being revealed and expressed on a scale that is demographically unprecedented and, until recently, scarcely imaginable. The consequences could rejuvenate our businesses and remake our world. Viktor Frankl, in his 1946 bestseller, Man's Search for Meaning, describes how he survived the horrors of Nazi death camps by holding on to purpose in his life. He went on to write the book that would go on not only to sell more than 12 million copies, but to be named one of the 10 most influential books of all time. Frankel wrote, those who have a why to live can bear with almost any how. Adam Grant, in his book, Originals, How Nonconformists Move the World, unpacks in detail the surprising influences behind some of the world's greatest originals, from T.S. Eliot to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. to Thomas Edison. Grant says that ultimately the people who choose to champion originality propel us forward. They feel the same fear, the same doubt as the rest of us. What sets them apart is that they take action anyway. They know in their hearts that failing would yield less regret than failing to try. My hope for you is that you tap into your originality, find your purpose, take time to think slowly about it, and go for it with all your passion. Changes are good. If you find your purpose and passion and focus on it fully, you will not only reduce your stress and enhance your joy, but you will give something of great value to others. Most lives that are lived with meaning and purpose are not selfish. They help others, as beautifully described in Adam Grant's book, Give and Take, Why Helping Others Drives Our Success. Is there something keeping you from your purposeful pursuit? One of my favorite classes in the University of Chicago Booth School of Business MBA program was a course taught in London by Professor Eilet Fishbach on negotiation. One of the principles of winning a negotiation calls for you to remove yourself emotionally from the outcome. For instance, if you fall in love with a certain purchase, a house, or a position in a business transaction, you will likely pay more 
than if you are willing to walk away. One of the ways to remove yourself emotionally from a negotiation or anything in life is to go to the lookout tower or balcony. Fishbach taught us to imagine ourselves in the balcony of a theater, looking down on the action below as a detached observer, not as an actor in the play. By doing so, we gain new perspective. We can imagine this out-of-body experience and ask questions objectively. Not only does this exercise help in negotiation, it helps you evaluate your life so that you can give your life a proper tune-up. From your lookout tower, looking down on your life, what behaviors could you stop that free up time, free up energy, improve your health, improve your relationships, and ultimately improve your performance? These are the good old days. Carpe diem, seize the day. One of my favorite songs was written by one of my favorite songwriters, Jeffrey Steele. Jeffrey and his co-writer, Steve Robson, said more in the lines of my wish recorded by Rascal Flatts than I have said in this book. Give it a listen when you have a chance. I end this book with my wish for you, that through a reflective assessment of your life, you will stop whatever it is that is holding you back and experience joy and well-being as a result. Questions for Reflection what is your purpose in life? What things in your life, if you stop right now, would enhance your well-being? What is your wish for your life?